If you've ever thought about getting an advanced degree but not exactly sure how to balance that with a full-time job, then stay tuned. This upcoming series is just for you. Here we go. You're listening to the Elevate Your Aid podcast, where we firmly believe that time management and productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Productivity guru and self-care ninja Chris McPeak will debunk your biggest time management limiting beliefs. It's time to hear from everyday people like you sharing their tips and strategies for success and learning how to incorporate small changes in your life in order to make the most of every hour in your day. If you're ready to prioritize, synthesize, and realize your daily needs and wants, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, podcaster, and wannabe 200 breaststroke national champion, Chris McPeak. Hey you, welcome to Elevate Your 8. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and as you can tell, I'm a little under the weather, froggy. Um, I actually put that on my Instagram story this morning that I felt like Froggy from the Little Rascals. So this little intro is going to be super short. I've been alluding to a series that I wanted to do to chat with people who managed an advanced degree while they were working a full-time job. That's a huge undertaking and I really wanted to get to the heart of that with some friends and colleagues of mine. So These episodes are not about how to pay for said advanced degree, because that's an entirely different conversation. But if getting a PhD or an MBA or an MFA or an EDD or a PsyD or a JD or an MD, if any of that stuff was ever on your wish list, then we're going to get into how to manage that while you work a full-time job. So Enjoy today's interview with my friend James Smith from University of California, Riverside. Welcome to the Elevate Your Aid podcast. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and we're joined today by my very good friend, James Smith, who is a staff member over at the University of California at Riverside. Welcome, James. Thank you. James and I have a great deal in common, not the least of which is we both have had careers in housing and residence life. We are both huge Madonna and karaoke fans. So We are, yes. <laughs> we are simpatico in that way. Um, so James, for the people in the audience that don't really understand what we talk about when we're saying college housing and residence life, let's, um, let's educate them, shall we? Sure, yeah. So most people, when they think of college housing or res life, when they think, oh, who are you? They think RA, and that's the first thing most people think about as a student who lives in the community with the other residents. And so, um, but there's a whole backstory and a bunch of people behind the RA to, to help them do the work that they need to do for our students. And so I supervise a bunch of people who supervise who supervise. So it's kind of <laughs> a lot of layers of folks really who it is. really at the end of the day are just trying to make sure that our students are getting the best experience they can um, while they're living with us on campus. And so um, I supervise a team of people who ensure that academic programs are happening really to connect them so it's not all parties and and hoopla it's you know connecting that academic piece that they're getting in the classroom to that piece while they're living with us so I supervise a team of folks who help do that basically that's in a nutshell in a nutshell yeah that makes very good and you do academic programs like you said so you're looking to help like I guess adjust life outside the classroom but supplementing life inside the classroom 
Right, it's about connecting the students to resources. So um, academic resources, or if they're in control, if they're you know in trouble, or have students of concerns, or unfortunately we have we live in a world where students are abused or assaulted, mm -hmm. and you know they tell us about it. So connecting them to the resources on campus, counseling center, police, those kinds of things, to make sure that you know they're getting the best experience they can while they're with us. So, I love it. Yeah. Yes. It is a very fulfilling career field. Absolutely. It is. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. So on down the, at some point in your career, you thought I need an advanced degree to move up in the field or I need an advanced degree in order to do my job better. Right. Um, so what was it that made you decide um, this is the degree that I want and this is what I'm going to pursue? Yeah, so when I first started my research 20 years ago, um, I was asking all of those questions like, I want to work, I want to be a doctorate someday, I want to have a doctorate someday, how do I do that? And they're like, good luck, kid, you know, and so I had this bright <laughs> idea. Um, fast forward, it was, it was really uh, 12 years post-masters that I said, you know, it's, it's time. And so I really started researching um, different programs. I knew I had to work full time in order to do this. I couldn't right. just drop out, quit my job. Although some folks do do mm -hmm. that. They, they decide I'm going to drop out and go full time for a PhD and God bless them. Um, I, could, <laughs> I couldn't do that. So I, I started looking for programs where I could work and still go to, to school. And so I knew it was something I wanted to do. It was always in the back of my mind. I wanted to go get that doctorate and it just was 12 years later that I decided, okay, now is the time to do that. So, uh, so break, let's break down really quickly the difference between the different terminal degrees. So yeah. you have the PhD, you have the EDD, you have the MBA, you have a JD. Um, sure. And so let's, let's just quickly break down what those all are. Yeah, so a PhD and an EDD are quite similar, although they, there's arguments as to doing more research. I, I, I think if you want to go on a faculty track or do research for your life, a PhD is the way to go. Um, mm -hmm. An EDD is more for an administrator who is working on a college campus or K through 12, who is there, there, there's much more educative, right? So there's the educational piece where they might be teaching courses, but they're doing more of the administrative back work. But there is some research there. Yes, there is research involved. You have to write right. <laughs> for both of those. Um, you know, I think a J is more of, of law. So it's very mm -hmm. specific where you're working for, for law. A PhD, you can get in philosophy or history or English. or It's much more broad where EDD is pretty, pretty close to really just doing educational work. And that's what I got my degree in. And so, and so it's yeah. kind of the difference between being an academic and a practitioner. Right, right. So it's much more practical in, in, in my day-to-day, -day, so to speak. So. Yeah. So you very specifically sought out a program that would allow you to work full-time and go to school. So what did that look like? Were you in a cohort module where it was weekends, or did you go to class a couple nights a week? What did that look like? Right. So when I started looking, I knew that there were things that I needed in my life to be able to, to be successful. And that was structure. Um, I think some folks are very much like, I don't need structure. Just I wanted them to tell me what to do and how to do it and how to get it done. <laughs> so I knew if I didn't, I would just dilly dally around and, oh, let me take a basket weaving class. No, I need right. to know what I need to take when I need to take it. So it was a cohort model. Um, and I also wanted to meet in person. I knew the online thing for me 
was not going to work. And so I wanted to be in person in a cohort model where other people were all going through this, through the same thing. So it was um, at UCLA and it was twice a week. So twice a week I drove from Riverside to LA in traffic. So I, I, I did have support networks in place to allow me to leave early from work. So I was able to do that. But um, yeah, so it was twice a week. Sometimes it was Saturdays and Wednesdays. So Wednesday Wednesday evenings and Saturday all day, pretty much um, for the classes. So So you did have to kind of give up a little bit of your weekend to, to make this work. I did. Yeah. I had to give up a lot really (laughs) because you're, you're sort of going into this knowing you're going to have to give up some pieces of your life. You're going to be taking um, time off of work sometimes and also your weekends. Uh, so yeah. How did you, how did you decide? Like you, you were very clear from the beginning, like structure is what I want, but then in terms of your downtime and your, your work-life balance, how did you incorporate school with the other fun things that, you know, we like to do on the weekends? Right. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I was single at the time, so I didn't really have a family. But I, I did have folks in my cohort who were, there was a actually a husband and a wife, a couple, who had just had their first baby and they're going in this program. I'm like, are you wow. insane? How are you doing this? But they, they managed to do it. And I, and I don't know how, but I know for me, um, I, I was fortunate in that it was just me. And I did have friends who were, and you know, my workplace was very supportive. So they there was that support network that allowed me to do that. But um, yeah, I, I just, I was also, um, I was also the treasurer for my professional association at the time and which is even more difficult than being president. So I don't know what I was thinking really <laughs> at the end of the day, it was a lot of work and a lot of, but I, I just found the time throughout the day to, you know, work on my dissertation or classwork. If I could, I had to take some time off of work here and there, but I, again, was fortunate in that I had a pretty supportive boss. I also had time built up, so I could take that time. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So. so how would you advise somebody? I mean, you were mentioning, like, we, we both work in education in our day jobs, so we are already in a supportive environment in that we have people around us that, that know, like, this mm-hmm. is kind of the way that it is. But if you were somebody outside of this field, how might you advise an, a non- um, academic person to, to pursue a terminal degree and, and still, you know, have sanity. (laughs) Right. I think, well, it's a, it's about balance and finding what's going to work for you. So again, those, those folks who did have families in the class, they were, you know, they would talk about, you know, having those frank conversations with, with their family, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a team effort, really. It's a support system. So I'm not going to be here to cook dinner. I'm not going to be here to get the kids off to school. So um, how can you help? And then in turn, what will I be able to give back later kind of thing? So there's a lot of negotiation that goes into that, I'm sure. Um, And for those who are not in academia, you know, if they're working at a different place to just again, have that conversation, like, this is a dream of mine, this is something I want to do, how can you support me? And often, you know, sometimes private sector might have extra money to -hmm. help, to help support that or scholarships or whatnot, and can, can sort of do that. So I would ask those questions, certainly, of the supervisor, where you work, is this something I can do? Would you support this? Um, Knowing that they're not going to um, take away from the job, but actually give back to their their business or to the place of work. 
you know, once they have this degree, they're able to give back. So yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point. I think that's um, a very clever way of making it a partnership between employer and employee and that an investment in the employee means that you're able to get this knowledge and, and, and pay it forward. So I think that's really, that's super clever. So if you could go back and do it all again, what would you do differently? And what, what did you do that was just spot on perfect? Well, I think uh, I probably would have done it sooner. Um, I think as I, you know, I got older, my, my attention span is, is sort of, <laughs> has sort of, left. but I think um, what I did do was I did my research and finding, you know, I had applied for the interesting thing here at UC Riverside is that my place of work offers a PhD program and there's really right. little, little to no cost. Um, but I chose a program that would actually cost me money and I would have to do extra work. But I, um, the reason I chose that was because I was very structured and very, I needed that and I needed to know what, what I needed to do, how many hoops I needed to jump through and how long it was going to take me. So I did my research and I think that helped me in the long run. I know I have friends who chose programs that didn't have that and it took them you know, the average time is three to four years for an EDD. It took them six to eight years. So, you know, it just, for me, it was, it was something that I was able to do and really put my mind to it, but also had that like structure in place. So I think that helped me in the long run. So Yeah. Oh, it's that whole like time versus money thing. So if you were, you were making an investment in your time anyway, but investing that extra money allowed you to have more time and, and to finish sooner than other people might. It did. And I, and I, you know, I also did take out student loans, which nobody ever wants to do, but I I made that commitment to myself to do it because I wanted to get that degree and, and hopefully, you know, like I said earlier, give back. There are times now where I'm called upon in my job because I do have that doctor in front of my name. So I can say, you know, based on my experience or the research I did in my program, I was able to, you know, it sort of opens doors to different meetings that I might not have been invited to before. Okay. And then in terms of your, um, your career trajectory, um, having doctor before your name, I suppose opens other doors that that you might not all already have for yourself. Yeah. I think that it also, you know, like there were, there was, um, a session I was invited to for my, my grad school alumni program. Somehow the Dean of the college of education reached out to me and wanted me to talk about student experiences. And I, and I thought, Oh, that's really odd. And here we are in California. There's all kinds of people from Michigan state who are out here. Why me? Uh And I think it was because of the work I was doing. And also I had done some writing on the side and was able to publish some articles and things of that nature. And people were able to say, okay, well, I guess we can trust him. So that's awesome. Let's let's, let's have him come talk to us about student experiences in California. That's great. Was it easy to settle on a dissertation topic? Um, No, there was, there were some different topics that I was looking at and they, they were very, um, particular they were they were very, the, the faculty they were very um direct with me and told me okay this will work this won't work or <laughs> you need to be able to 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 do the research um and i sort of struck out on my own and looked at um student affairs professionals in higher ed and their you know sexual orientation and, and whether or not they were getting the jobs that they wanted and i went in thinking 
I'm going to, you know, I'm going to learn all these things and all these people are going to tell me these horror stories. And it was the complete opposite, actually. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I I learned something in that process of of doing that dissertation. And so it was a qualitative study and and speaking with, with people in the field and having conversations with them. And really it was about storytelling. So I learned about their history and that, that that was really cool to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Stories are wonderful. Um, So how would you advise somebody that's like advise yourself 25 years ago? um, If you're going to pursue a terminal degree, like these are the three key things to do. Um, Do your research and find out what program is going to work for you. Know yourself. Um, I think knowing who you are and what you want out of a program. And if it's not going to work for you, don't, don't do it just to do it. Um, I think a lot of times we get, we, we hear our our younger self saying, we have to go get a degree. We have Mm -hmm. to go back to school. And it's not, if it's not the right time for you, don't do it. If it's not the right program for you, don't do it. I think, you know, just because it has UCLA or UC in its title doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the best program for you. I have, colleagues who went to CSUs and got their degrees or did theirs theirs online because they, they felt that was going to work for them. And so do what's best for you. Not what's not what other people are telling you. Yeah. Which is exactly why Dr. James Smith has doctor before his name and (laughs) Ms. Chris McPeak (laughs) has no doctor before her name. And that's okay. And that's okay. Exactly. (laughs) That's the exact right. Exactly. So James, if people want to connect with you offline, just sort of pick your brain about your, your experience. Is that comfortable? Like, is it something we can share? Like, where should people find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I think, gosh, there's the social medias, right? What are the, yes, exactly. On the, on the Twitter, so to speak. (laughs) Um, Although my Twitter is very, um, sarcastic. And so I follow a lot of reality TV and things like that. I'm always commenting (laughs) on 90 day fiance and nonsense. So it's not very educative, (laughs) but, uh, I am at, uh, at, uh, Capshaw 374. Um, that's probably where you can find me on Twitter. But if you want to just talk offline or email, um, my work email is james.smith at ucr.edu. And I'm happy to set up a time to chat. So, Thank you so much for being on the show today. You're the first interview I'm having in a series. I want to talk to a lot of different people and get their, their take, their experience on what it was like to work full time and pursue an advanced degree. So thanks for being part of the Elevate Your Eight education series. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for asking. And good, yeah, best wishes for everyone. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I'd love for you to hit that subscribe button and then scat on over to leave a rating and review for Elevate Your Aid. This ensures that Apple Podcasts knows we are out there and providing great content for you, the audience. Want 22 new ways to make more time and do the things you love? Go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash elevate for my free guide on rockstar time management. That's chrismcpeak.com forward slash elevate. The guide is free and it's just for Elevate Your 8 listeners. See you next week. Keep elevating.